this is Deborah Kaufman, associate editor of Broadcast Beat. I'm here on the NAB floor, to be more specific, the south lower floor, and I'm having a visit with Forbidden. Uh, I'm here interviewing Greg Hurst, to my right, who is the North American president right. of Forbidden. And what is your other title, Greg? I'm the Business Development Director of Forbidden PLC, so the UK Incorporation, our, our roots. Excellent. So I think I was saying to you, and I'll say to our viewers, that you know, Forbidden has been on my radar screen, but really for a very short period of time. You know, just really over the last six months or so. Right. Um, but I understand you're a little older than six we months. We are a little older than six months old. Yeah, we're well out of diapers, I'm pleased to say. Yeah, that's a good thing. And uh, we've been around in the UK since 2000. So we actually launched. We launched the company around that time, uh, and our roots go back well beyond that. We were actually in non-linear editing as IDOS, the games company, way back in the 1990s. I didn't realize that. So you started in non-linear editing then, in the early days. In the early days, when it was just when the whole thing was moving on to computers and software-based, uh, we had one of the very earliest design teams that went away and implemented that around something called the Acorn computer. I mean, this is ancient history in computing terms. You know, it goes way, way back now. But 2000, when we restarted in forbidden form, we decided we were going to choose a platform that wouldn't go away. And the internet seemed to be a good place to go. And I think we've been proven right. Well, you know, I have to say, in, in 2000, you said it was? That's it that was. was an extremely early time to place your bet on the internet. Brave decision. Uh, Brave decision. I, I think some people would say probably a crazy decision. But it ended up being right. Yeah. So what was it about the internet that made you feel like, I don't care that this is, a, you know, something that people haven't adopted yet? This is where I'm going to go. Why did you say that to yourself? Well, the internet at that stage, of course, was dial-up. It was about 512K yeah, at best. It was the intermittent internet. It wasn't the always-on internet. But we had a vision even then that the internet was going to be all about video. Yeah? So if you if you started from a text-based internet, which became a graphics-based internet, it was just logical that because we're all such fans of moving pictures, it would end up being a video-based internet. And our basic thesis was, and it's the one that we continue through to today, uh, that any internet that was based on the video was going to need tools, tool sets of some sort or another, actually native to the internet itself. So I take it, tell me a little bit about how the tools have evolved, the tool sets have evolved, and then of course I'd like to know what you're introducing here at NAB course, 2014. Yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. Sounds well, the, the way it's evolved is I guess we've, we've become able to take in a much bigger range of source materials. So now we find ourselves in a position where we're pretty well input agnostic. Now, we will take and transcode into our proprietary format that's used within the system, yeah? something we call Blackbird. Um, almost anything you can throw at us. Yeah? There are some tweaks here and there, but most of it works that way. And similarly going out, if you want to publish out now, uh, we'll transcode and publish out back from the original high res to almost anything. So within the system, running something that's highly tuned, the idea of using our own codec within the system is that it allows you to use the public internet in the way the public internet was designed to be used. You know, it's intermittent, it doesn't guarantee to deliver everything all the time. You have to be pretty smart at making sure that whatever it is that you're doing will get to the place you want it to be. You know, there's no error checking that's been done for you all the time. So that's, that, that's, what, that's how we've grown it, and I guess we've grown it in use as well. You know, if I look back, we've talked about logging, we've talked about review and approval. Uh, the next stage was to get to the stage where people could do simple rough cuts. Yeah? And from there, 
pull their logs into a play window to do a string out. Yeah, sink pull as we call it in English English. Uh, and then on from there to actually doing some finishing. So we've introduced things like overlay tracks, the ability to handle animations with Alpha Channel, uh, the ability to do some simple color correction, just lifting the light levels from stuff that's been shot on a mobile phone. Absolutely vital for people, yeah? And basic audio, yeah? raising levels, making sure it's not clipping. That's stuff that would need to be there to allow you to do some finishing. Incorporating graphics, changing sound, soundtracks, putting music tracks over the top here and there, all of those things to get a final mix down, to get to a finished piece. And that's where we're now used for web publishing and publishing out to mobile. That's wonderful. Now, what would you like people to know about um, anything new that you're showing for this year? And then I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how Broadcast Beat is working with you. Of course, I'll do both those things. Okay, so here, what are we showing? Well, we're showing a whole a slew of new things. Now, when you've got an established product that's been in the market for 10 years, you're adding things to it all the time. Uh, biggest, I guess, thing here at the moment is adding higher definition edit proxies. Yeah? With the move to, to 4K, final production, uh, with the, uh, the wider adoption now of HD, people want to be able to edit at a higher quality. Typically, our proxy's been in the 1.1 to 1.2 meg range so far. We're making that possible to be a 3 to 4 meg proxy. So you can really see in the sports world exactly what's going on on the pitch as you're doing your editing. We're demonstrating that here at the show, here that's, at NAB. That's really fabulous. Now, I know that Broadcast Beat, we've been working with you for a while. Tell, tell me a little bit. I'm, I'm not familiar with exactly how we're working with you. Tell us. Well, I, impressively, you guys have crews running all around the show. We yeah. certainly There's do. We're everywhere. All over the place, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, the, the challenge that you've got is how do you actually get that stuff out onto your YouTube channel or onto the NAB YouTube channel um, in an organized way and quickly. So what we've done is we've made available to you a server, and the, the stuff that comes back from the crews gets uploaded into that server here on the floor. Um, transcoded, pushed up into our cloud, and then your editors in Fort Lauderdale can go and cut the pieces and publish them straight out to YouTube from our cloud presence. It's really just mind-boggling in a way. It's very, very impressive to think that you've been doing editing in the cloud before people even heard of the cloud. Absolutely. Well, of course, when we first started, the cloud didn't exist. It was just the internet. <laughs> so I know you said that, in a way, you really are doing true cloud editing. Can you tell us really what that is from your point of view? Well, if you're lucky enough to be able to start from a clean sheet of paper, as we were in the very early years of the century, then you can design with the public internet in mind. And the best way to use the public internet is to accept that processing has to happen in different places. It's easy to just say, right, I'm used to providing big systems to my clients, and what I'm going to do is to let them virtualize, let them come in over a virtual private network and use it with a, a client server style approach. That's not what we've done. Uh, the cloud servers that we have basically just serve video frames and make sure they're serving them to the right people and take in EDL information that's coming back to them. A lot of the intelligence is running on the local PC or laptop or Android tablet or iPad now, all of those things. Um, so that, that, what that means is every time someone starts to use the system, they bring their own processing power. It means we're rendering everything locally. So we're able to give 
desktop style NLE performance from a true cloud-based system. When people first look at it, they can't understand how it's being done. Yeah. It isn't quite magic, but it looks that way. Well, Greg, this is really, really exciting stuff. Thank you so, so much. We really look forward to hearing more from Forbidden. This is Deborah Kaufman with Broadcast Beat. Thank you for joining us with this really interesting session with Forbidden. We'll see you again.